Probably the most dangerous prophecy in Scripture is the end-time world religious system. This will cause people to think they are saved when they are not. Just like Jesus stated in Matthew 24, Take heed that no man deceives you. Today's edition of End of the Age is a warning not to be deceived in the end time. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Now, I know there are many breaking stories out there. There is the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, case, and they're, they're fixing to come out with a, a verdict which might set the town on fire. I don't know at this point. Many of you have been following that. There's the infrastructure bill uh, that's been signed into law. A lot of different things are happening right now. The border crisis, the, the propaganda of human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change, the COVID situation with the mandated vaccines. and I mean, there's just so much hitting us right now. However, there are things happening that you may not know about. Some of these are of eternal consequence. Jesus warned us many times about these things, and that's what I'm going to devote my program today, is the one world religion. This is something you absolutely cannot be a part of. God's going to judge this entity before it's over with. So today is a warning. Now, many people are interested in this one world religious system. One of the main reasons I wanted to bring this up today is because I see what's going on in the world. However, I have some people that I am close to that have been caught up, or that acquaintances of mine, that have already been caught up in this one world system, left a true biblical, Bible-believing, teaching church, and moved over into an influential person. And more than one, actually, that have moved over into this one world interfaithism, ecumenism movement, And it's shocking to me how somebody could leave the truth and say there's only one way to heaven to go to another avenue that says, well, there's several ways, which is diametrically opposed to the Word of God. So that's what my program is devoted to today, to make sure I warn you like Jesus warned us about this deceptive message in the end time. I looked online, there's about, when I typed in one world religion, there was about 51 and a half million searches for that term. Now, prophecies foretell a world religion will be established just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And this is happening as we speak. You hear about it all the time. This interfaith global religion is very deceptive. 
It's probably the most dangerous prophecy in Scripture, or one of the, if not the most dangerous, because it, it will cause folks, like I said, to think that they are saved when they are not. And didn't Jesus warn us over and over it would be like this in the last days? In Matthew 7, 21 through 23, it's one of the most, just a, a, a horrific scripture to me. I want to make sure this never happens to me. But in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? In, in thy name did we cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works. And the Bible says, Jesus said, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. What a... There's nothing would be worse than that. Nothing. A deceptive message. People thinking they were saved. Doing what they could and they thought, Well, hey, I'm going to be saved. But getting there and the Lord says, No, I don't even know who you are. Depart from me. What a travesty. I'm going to try to help steer you away from that today so that that never happens to you. Because people that are caught up in this one world religious system, that's going to happen to them. And I want to make sure that you are not one of those individuals. Also in Matthew 24, verses 3 through 5, it says, And he, Jesus, sat upon the Mount of Olives. The disciples come into him privately and said, Hey, Tell us, when shall these things be? What's going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? He's talking to us. The end of the age. Just prior to his second coming. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceives you. Many will come in my name saying, Hey, I am Christ. I'm a Christian. I come in the name of Christ. And they're going to deceive many. They will look like Christian individuals they may even have Christian above the top of their door as you go in the church. But they're not teaching the truth. Then Matthew 24 verse 11 says, Jesus warned us again, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. In verse 24 of the same chapter, he warns us again, for there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show many great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. I have had acquaintances of mine move off of the truth, the straight and narrow path, and get on that wide path, the one that leads to destruction. And I'm thinking, what are you guys doing? You were on the straight and narrow, you had it right, and you moved off. It, I, I, don't, I, I don't ever even want to be able to comprehend it, everybody. But I want to warn you today that it's very important you stay on the straight and narrow. If you're not on that straight and narrow, get on it. Be born again. We can help you with that. Now, are you aware of what is taking place? Absolutely we are. And I wanted to bring up a couple articles. I know we're coming up to a break here, but... I'm going to bring up a couple articles 
from Christianity.com and another one where people are asking about this. Do, Christianity.com. Do we know what will be the one world religion in the end time? We absolutely do. And so I, I, when we get on the other side of the break, I'll get to some of these articles because you're going to want to hear these. And because it's exposing what's going on in the end time. And we'll be getting into great detail about it later on. But it's very important that you are not deceived in the end time. I want to make sure, me and Doug and Vince and End Time Ministries, want to make absolutely sure you're not deceived. Because many people will be. But it will not be because we did not warn you. So we'll get into it on the other side of the break. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. So this article from Christianity.com. Do we know what will be the one world religion in the end time? The one world, they say, the one world religion, for all of its emphasis on inclusivity, will not tolerate Christianity. Now think about that. A one world religious system that will not tolerate Christianity. They will tolerate some forms of Christianity, but not true Christianity. There's a big difference. And, or at least biblical Christianity. In fact, it will seek our destruction. The martyrdom of Christians who refuse to worship the image of the beast will be seen as a good thing for humanity because that's going to be the spin. We all use this word tolerance. It's used in the Western world today. It's merely a catchword of leftist cultural ideology. Tolerance for everything, right? 
If somebody comes up with an idea, you've got to tolerate it, which might force us to put up with an obnoxious Marxist revolutionary, a, a social, social justice warrior, or violent religionist in our midst, even to our own self-destruction, but knows nothing of real charity, love, and sacrifice. A true Christian. A, a distinction must be made with the reference to tolerance here. Christians are not intolerant of those in other religions. I love those people. But with regard to their error, I want to get them to heaven. I want to, uh, to win their soul to the kingdom of God, to, to convert them. So in that, in that sense, there can be no, no such thing as tolerance. I can't tolerate something that's diametrically opposed to the Word of God and say, well, you know, somehow or another you'll be saved. I can't do that. I don't love that person if I say that. We simply cannot compromise with error and spiritual lies. I mean, which is what one of the world religions will indeed be. I mean, what, what is false, we simply cannot be compelled to call true. The Bible says, let God be true, let every man be a liar. Let God's word be true. Let every man be a liar. The Bible. It all goes back to the Bible at the end of the day. We, people can bicker about doctrine or whatever, but the fact of the matter is, it goes back to the Bible. What does the Bible say? And so we can't be compelled to call things that are true any, uh, that are not true true any more than we can claim that fire is cold. It simply is not. And so why is it just one religion for the world? I mean, think about that. The one world religion, for all of its em emphasis on tolerance and being inclusive, will not tolerate true Christianity. At least not the, uh, a historic biblical Christianity. In fact, it will seek our total destruction. Look at, uh, consider Revelation 17.6. The martyrdom of Christians who refuse to worship the image of the beast, that's going to be seen as a good thing for humanity, right? It will be said to promote peace and safety. And already governments of the world have placed normal everyday evangelicals on their list of potential terrorists. So the next step under the influence of this, the Antichrist is already set in place. So what does this mean? Well, the church, the true church of Jesus Christ is the custodian of God's revealed will and truth and thus cannot compromise with error and any church, no matter how seemingly loving that it is. How much, I mean, because a lot of people are saying, well, we just have to love everybody. I love everybody. But if you knew somebody was going to fix it, if, if the road was out up ahead and you knew cars were just coming flying at you, would you not try to wave them down? Well, I love those people. I don't want to get in their way and just let them go off the cliff. No, you would get in the way and say, whoa, 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 stop. The road's out up ahead. Well, that's what a true Christian would do to people. They love them, so they're going to say, hey, you're in, you're in error here. There's, the road's out up ahead that you're going to meet a horrible fate if you don't change course. 
So no matter how seemingly loving it is, how much it, it does in the sphere of social welfare or social, <coughs> social justice, any church that throws the mantle of a false charity over its spiritual bankruptcy in compromising with false religions is proved thereby not to be Christian in any orthodox sense and is in fact a precursor to the one world religion. Listen to me, folks. Be aware and be forewarned and be wise against these things. Jesus warned us many times about false prophets and things that will come. Take heed that no man deceives you. Many people would come in his name and be deceiving many. Now, another article I come across was Compelling Truth, from the Compelling Truth. And the title of the article, what is the one world religion described in Revelation? What will be the one world religion of the end times? I didn't want to get into some big deep theological discourse today. I want you to be able to recognize, step back, look at the big picture, and recognize what's going on here. Interfaithism, ecumenism, those are things you cannot, as a true Christian, you cannot be part of that. There, there's not... There's only one way to heaven. There's not two ways. There's not three or four or five. There's one. So you can't, as a true Christian, get involved in some kind of an organization or this movement that's saying there's many ways to heaven. You can't do that. That's deception. That's what Jesus was warning against. So ultimately, the deception during this time, the end times, is going to be so great that Jesus taught For false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. Remember, Matthew 24, 24. And I've seen some of the elect move off of the absolute truth and the doctrines and the one straight and narrow path. Now, some wonder if this one more religion already exists today. Of course it does. We're moving straight... For this, it's being established, I should say. And the specific one world religion of the end times, it can't be fully developed until the tribulation when the Antichrist rules and the false prophet takes over, right? However, the growth in religious pluralism, interfaith dialogue, that promotes the idea that all religions are somehow equal, and the erroneous teachings that many ways lead to God or to heaven all exist Today, these views certainly foreshadow what Scripture predicts will be more prevalent in the future when the world unites under the one more religion, under the power of the Antichrist and the false prophet. The Apostle Paul warned Timothy about this. He said, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers that suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. 2 Timothy 4, 3-4. So as believers, we have, it is, there's nothing more important, folks. You have to study and live by the truth. There's not two truths. There's one truth. And it's, it's found in the Word of God. And we've got to avoid false teachings of our time and the times just ahead. Because you say, well, Dave, come on, this isn't really happening now. It absolutely is. If you follow it, 
uh, last month they just had the Parliament of World's Religions where there were hundreds of different religions represented there. Wiccans, uh, Zoroastrians, Hindus, Muslims, Sikhs, quote-unquote Christians. There were people from every religion there. So you say, well, where's all this in prophecy? That's what we want to hear. Revelation 13 is devoted specifically to end-time events. Revelation 13, verses 1 through 8, describes a one-world government and its leader, the the, uh, Antichrist. Revelation 11 through 15, focus on the one-world religion along with the false prophet. And Revelation 13, 16 through 18, outline the Antichrist global economic system commonly referred to as the mark of the beast. The goal of the Antichrist is going to be to lord over this world government and to force every human to pledge allegiance to Him or to actually worship Him. The Bible says in Revelation 13, 8, All that dwell upon the earth shall worship Him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Any true Christian would never pledge allegiance to the Antichrist or his world-governing system. But in order for this to be fully realized... The Bible says the Antichrist will have two methods of enforcement. He's going to form an alliance with the largest religious organization in the world. It will be a a quote-unquote Christianity interfaith type movement and with the leader of the one world religion, which at that time will be the false prophet. And believe me, we will be on the radio and television saying X person is the false prophet the penalty for nonconformity with the one world religion is going to be for some, not all, but for some, death. So, uh, consider Revelation 13, 5, 13, 15. The Bible says, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. The false prophet uh, had power. The beast, the Antichrist, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast, that they should be killed. Again, not everybody, but some will be. I mean, we just got to be honest here. The second enforcement method, uh, the Antichrist will implement a system of economic control upon the human race, more commonly known as the mark of the beast. And those who will not participate in this system, not going to be able to buy or sell. They're going to render themselves unable to function in society. So to economically sanction an individual, that's surely going to sting, obviously. But the the Bible says that there will be Christians that endure all the way to the end, so it's not going to starve us out. However, my point today, uh, the, the thesis of my program, to murder under the guise of Christianity those who will not comply sounds incomprehensible, right? That is, until you consider that there are world leaders who have already proposed this exact course of action. Consider Perestroika. And man, I forgot the book. I've got Perestroika upstairs. I was going to bring it down. But in his book, Perestroika, Mikhail Gorbachev said that there are three root causes for war. Political conflicts, religious conflicts, and economic conflicts. He offered a solution 
that was or a, a security base to all of this. And he said, hey, a, we need a one world government, we need a global religious system, and we need a global economy. Well, unbeknownst to him, he proposed exactly what the Bible prophesies is going to happen. In his book, Perestroika, on page 231, I just looked at it before I walked in here. Mr. Gorbachev put together an all-embracing system of, of um, international security. On item number four of, of his list, he states, we must extirpate all genocide, apartheid, and religious exclusiveness. To extirpate means to kill off. So therefore, Mr. Gorbachev said that we must kill off or abolish all religiously exclusive individuals. Guess what? I am a religious exclusive individual. So you say, well, what's that? Well, individuals are considered religiously exclusive if they believe their religion is the only religion through which people can be saved. The only reason I say I'm that is because I believe in the Bible. That's what Jesus taught. There's only one way to be saved. That's it. For example, Jesus Christ said, Except you believe that I am the Messiah, you will die in your sins. John 8, 24. So, according to Gorbachev and, and most of the international community, this would be considered religiously exclusive. Jesus would, in today's world, he, he actually was back then as well, but in today, he would be labeled as a religious exclusive individual, just like I would. So I'm not going to fit into this world religious system very good. Also, the scriptures tell us, at, this is Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. What is that name? The name is Jesus. So these types of beliefs would be considered extreme religious exclusiveness by the one world religion crowd. The, the, the teachings of Jesus were definitely religiously exclusive. He said, this is be uh, John 10, 1. I am the door to the sheepfold. And anybody that climbs up any other way, the same as a thief and a robber. So Mikhail Gorbachev says the entire world needs to re, be re-educated to believe all religions are equally valid. And that process is already far advanced, everybody. And well, how do they do that? Well... The perceived solution to religious conflict is to just tolerate everybody's religion and say everything's okay. It's called interfaithism. And wow, will we get deep off into this in the next segment? Looking forward to that. But it's just a warning today. Something you cannot, the Bible says, if possible, the very elect would be deceived. Jesus warned us many times. Do not be deceived, even by those that look like Christians, but aren't. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
when you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99. You can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Now, you hear this term all the time, interfaithism. The Bible says there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. So what's this interfaithism? Well, it's the perceived. You know, what is the perceived solution to religious exclusiveness and other religious conflicts in the world, right? Well, it's religious inclusiveness. Include everybody. And that means if, hey, if your religion's good for you, I will respect it. I don't want to argue against it. I don't want to try to convert you. You respect my religion. Everybody respects everyone. We validate everyone. And thus, we remove religious conflict, right? Well, that's not scriptural. I mean, that's the concept being considered today among the intelligentsia of our world. And it is filtering down into the general populace. The, you know, and the term interfaithism, it's somewhat of a new term among us. However, many of our most famous political leaders have actually embraced interfaithism. Um, you remember when George Bush, that he was in an interview, he said that Muslims, Jews, and Christians all pray to the same God and that they are all going to heaven. Now that's religious inclusiveness or interfaithism. There are many celebrities and all kinds of people that have, that have bought into this saying, oh, there's more ways to heaven. What about Jesus? And they would say, well, what about Jesus? There's more ways to heaven than just Jesus. That's not a true statement. Say, man, Dave, you're being pretty bold today. I want to make sure that I warn you not to be a part of this interfaith crowd. They're going in the wrong direction, okay? Interfaithism actually realizes that there are two major religions on the earth, Islam and Christianity. Islam claims about what? 1.8 billion followers, which is uh, just over 20% of the world's population. Christianity claims about 2.5 billion followers, which is just over 30% of the world's population. So together, between Islam and Christianity you have over 50% of the world's population. Now, 
the interfaithists, they say, well, hey, if these two religions could form an alliance together, they could bring the entire world together. So with the goal of the world government in mind, because that's the driving force behind all of this, interfaithism is the mechanism being used by the global elite to unite all religions of the world. Now, the problem is, is that this unity is based on compromise, not on the truth. Imagine trying to uh, merge and to... Um, the, the two religions of Christianity and Islam. How do you do that? Well, that's one of the fatal flaws. I mean, the fatal flaw of interfaith and the ecumenical movements from the outset, from the outset was that this call to unity was based on compromise rather than the truth. Long-held biblical truths that our religious forefathers really worked and died for they're just cast aside like so much obsolete baggage. If, if the call for unity had been based on the truth of the Bible, I would be on board with it. I mean, Christians would have to come together, religions would come together, prayerfully seek out the truths around which they would unify, but we'd all go off of the Bible. That's one of the reasons we do prophecy, everybody. Prophecy builds your faith in the only book on the planet that has the words to eternal life. Say, man, Dave, there you go again, kind of being strong. Listen, I'm trying to get everybody to heaven. There's not another book that you can look to. There's not a self-help book. There's no religious book. There's no commentaries. The Bible has the words to eternal life. We teach prophecy. We're end time ministries, end of the age program. We teach prophecies that validate and build people's faith in that book. Because I'm trying to get you to heaven. Now... The only thing I can do is share the gospel, obviously. I am trying to introduce you. Now, I understand my audience. I understand most of you already know Jesus. But if somebody out there does not, I want to introduce you to him. That's my goal. Because that's your only way. That's our only ticket out of here is Jesus Christ. Now, these compromised truths. You know, they could have said, well, hey... Um, let's pray and study until we know what the Bible actually teaches. If, this, if these, the world religion was based on that, I'm in. But that's not what's happening. They're compromising, compromising, brushing doctrine, Christian doctrines under the rug. You know, and you know, we could have, we could really, if they were to do that and it was based on truth, we could have a true Christian rebirth, right? But interfaithism and ecumenism, it's not based on truth. It's based on compromise. Doctrine almost has become a dirty word. And this was in direct contradiction to what the Apostle Paul's instructions to Timothy. Remember he said, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing so, you shall um, both save yourself and them that hear you. 1 Timothy 4.16 So Paul taught Timothy that the doctrines of the Bible were essential for salvation. There's a lot of people today that do not believe that anymore. So Ephesians 4, 5 through 6, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But this interfaith movement will say, well, I know there are religions that believe in thousands of gods, but that's okay. 
come on, we just want to get along. Let's just love each other and you can believe what you want, I'll believe what I want, and it's all going to be all right at the end of the day. But what about their soul? That's the whole goal here, is to get everybody to heaven. Okay? Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Uh, verses 14 and 15 of the same uh, book, uh, same chapter. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. But the interfaith movements, they include all kinds of faiths. Like Wicca, which are witches. Uh, Hindus, who have thousands of gods. Folks, This is diametrically opposed to the Word of God. So you say, well, how is this going on today? Well, let's talk about, remember I talked about the two major religions in the world, Christian and Muslims. Well, let's talk about this Christian and Muslim brotherhood. Back on uh, February 4th of 2019, the Grand Imam Al-Azhar Al-Ta'ib, considered to be the most important Imam in Sunni Islam, and Pope Francis, who claims to be the head of the quote-unquote Christian world, they arrived in Abu Dhabi hand-in-hand in a symbol of interfaith brotherhood. Pope Francis and this grand imam, they signed a historic document, and you're going to hear a lot about it in the near future. The document's called A Document on Human Fraternity for World Peace and Living Together. So, oh, they did that back in 2019. That document is still very much alive today, And they're pouring in millions into making sure it continues on. The text states that it is a document that invites all persons who have faith in God and faith in human fraternity to unite, work together so that it may serve as a guide for future generations to advance a culture of mutual respect, which I'm all about mutual respect. I'm cool with that. But in the awareness of the great divine grace that makes all human beings um, brothers and sisters. Well, so you say, well, that, that doesn't sound too bad, right? Well, the meeting and the document, they'll be viewed by many as two religious leaders uniting their followers in a call for peace. However, for those of us who understand Bible prophecy, uh, it's so much more than that. The goal is not to bring other religions to salvation. That's not the goal of all of this. And we know it because the church is declaring that many of these people are already saved. For instance, the most recent Catholic catechism issued in 94, it states that Muslims are saved. Now think about that. It says this, and I'm quoting. I just saw this in a bookstore the other day. The churches, It states, the church's relationship with Muslims... The plan of salvation also includes those who acknowledge the Creator in the first place, amongst whom are Muslims. These, they say that these profess and hold the faith of Abraham, and together with us they adore the one merciful God, mankind's judge on the last day. So, remember though, that Muslims... Now, this is how, you, how do you bridge this great divide? Well, you've got to remember, Muslims deny Jesus was God or that He died on the cross which is the, the essence of our Christian faith. If you don't believe Jesus was died, buried, and rose again, that's the gospel, folks. 
So the true objective of interfaith meetings and agreements like this document on human fraternity for world peace and living together is simply tolerance. Just tolerate all religious faiths in the spirit of Vatican II. Now, most of you have heard about this. Um, you say, well, that, that document, that's 2019. Well, hold on a minute. Most of you have heard of the Abrahamic family house being built in Abu Dhabi, down in the United Arab Emirates. According to their website, the, it states this, and I'm quoting, the Abrahamic family house will be a beacon of mutual understanding, harmonious coexistence, and peace among the people of faith and goodwill. It consists of a mosque, a church, and a synagogue, and an educational center. And through its design, it captures the valued shared the values shared between Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, and serves as a powerful platform for inspiring and nurturing understanding and acceptance between people of goodwill. Listen at this. The vision for the Abrahamic family house originated after the signing of the document on human fraternity by Pope Francis and the Grand Imam Al-Ta'id back in February of 2019. So you say, well, why is this such a big deal? Because I want you to consider two statements in the document of human fraternity. Number one, it states that the pluralism and diversity of religions are willed by God in His wisdom. The pluralism. So they're saying in this document that Pope Francis signed in this grand imam, Al-Ta'ib, that more than one religion is willed by God. But that is simply, that's diametrically opposed to the Word of God. And then number two, it says that therefore the fact that, the fact that people are forced to adhere to a certain religion or culture must be rejected. So for me to say, well, I need to raise my children in the truth if they want to get to heaven, they're saying that that mindset should be rejected. So it sounds nice, but there's an enormous problem with these statements. The coexistence or tolerance of more than one religion or doctrine, again, it's diametrically opposed to the Bible. I mean, Jesus was... God manifest in the flesh. He said in uh, John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So to say the pluralism of religions is willed by God, that's diametrically opposed. You're saying that there's many ways to heaven. There's many ways to God. That is simply not biblical. And I want to make sure even though a lot of things in society are happening right now to, 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 we, that cause us to divert, and they're very important. But I want to make sure in the end time, we do not get caught up in this one world religious system. I've been part of the end time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. You know, the Apostle Paul, he taught that there is only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, who is above all, through you all, and in you all. Ephesians 4, 5 through 6. So how do you marry that with interfaithism that is just tolerant of every religion and some that, that have thousands of gods? How do you marry all that? Well, you've got to brush so much of the Bible under the rug, right? Paul also told the church in Galatia, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. The gospel is the good news. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. The gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ died, he was buried, and he rose again. And his resurrection power is the power that will raise us up off this ground at the time of his second coming when the rapture occurs. The Bible says, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then you will be caught up to meet him in the air. Your body's going to be changed from immortal to immortal. But yet, if you say that people don't need to believe the gospel that's taught in the New Testament, are you, do you really love them? Let me ask you a question. You know, God only approves one belief system, and that's recorded in the Bible. He never has nor will he ever condone the tolerance or coexistence of more than one religion. The Bible says God is not the author of confusion. He's not going to tell you there's 18 ways to be saved. There's only one. So the question is, in the end time, how will we recognize this false religious system? Again, I could go very detailed into Revelation 17 and 18 and you know, show you how to point this out, which we'll do that many times between now and the time it comes to fruition. But the number one thing that will keep you in that straight and narrow, which I told you, I've got friends that have already moved off of this, or I should say acquaintances. They were not my personal friends, but I know of them. I know what they did believe in that they moved off of that. They had to make some huge compromises. And now I don't even know where they're at. You say, well, how will I recognize this, Dave? How am I going to know? It is of utmost importance that you know and understand your Bible. Bible prophecy foretells, just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, the establishment of this world religion that I'm talking about right now. The world government and a world religion. That's why we talk about it so much. Because it's being established right now. And you, you cannot get to the point where you're lulled to sleep by society. Jesus said in Matthew 24, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. But don't be troubled. And I'm scratching my head going, wars and rumors of wars, but don't be troubled by that. But he warned that one time. He warned one time in Matthew 24. But against false prophets and false teachers, he warned it over and over and over and over. Because you may not be part of a war in the near future. But 
Jesus knew that there would be false teachers everywhere that would be deceiving people and that they would someday stand before the Lord and say, hey, didn't we do many mighty uh, miracles in your name? Didn't we cast out the demons? Didn't we do all kinds of things in your name? And he's going to say, I don't even know who you are. What a travesty that would be to be caught up in a, in, in a religious movement that you, where you thought you were going to be saved, but you're actually not. Jesus warned us that that would be the case for some at the time of His second coming and the great white throne. So, the leader of the world religion, the false prophet, he's going to use a deceptive message to unite all these religions and then urge those entities to comply with its many directives. And it's happening right now. Jesus warned us that this would be the case. Um, and, and the Bible says, And Jesus answered them again, And take heed that no man deceives you. Many, were, many are going to come in my name, saying, I am Christ, but deceive many. So what's the best way to avoid being deceived and participating in such a corrupt endeavor? You must know the truth. John 8, 32, the Bible says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth will do what? It will set you free. John 5, 39, Search the Scriptures, for in them that you think you have eternal life, but and they are they that testify of me. So, knowing the Word of God, you've got to know your Bible, folks. The, the Bible is the only book that can reveal... And there's a lot of people saying, Oh, there's more than one God. No, no. The Bible is the only book that reveals... How many gods there are? There's one. Deuteronomy 6.4. Number two, the Bible's the only book that can share the story of God's redemptive plan for the human race. The only redemptive plan for the human race. Number three, the Bible's the only book that can show you how to be saved. How's that spelled out? How's that laid out? How do we obey the gospel? And of course, that's to be born again. If you need to know how to be born again, go to endtime.com and type in um, born again in the search, it'll, it'll come up. What do you mean born again? Number four, the Bible's the only book that can teach you how to live as a Christian once you are saved, preparing you for eternity. And it, the, it, the Bible's the only book that can tell you which church is true and which is a false church. And uh, the Bible's also the, the only book that provides prophecies written thousands of years ago which are coming to pass right now. Prophecy is very important. The Bible says the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Jesus said, I tell you these things before they come to pass, that when they do come to pass, you might believe. What I'm doing here on the radio, me and Doug and Vince, all the magazines you write, the television shows, the prophecy conferences, what that is designed to do is to, number well, to, number one, to build your faith in the Word of God. Number two, to show you where we're at on this timeline. We're just prior to the second coming. There's many reasons for that. But the number one thing, build your faith in the Word of God. Prophecy will not save you. The Word of God, the born-again experience given in the New Testament, that's what will save you. But if I can build your faith in that book, then when we talk about salvation, you'll say, I understand. So in the end time... A working knowledge of the Bible. That's why we talk about Bible studies, uh, the JPC, End uh, of the Age Plus, listen to End of the Age Radio, watch End of the Age television programs, subscribe to End Time Magazine. 
all these different things. Go to endtime.com. <clears throat> it's our way of preparing you and giving you the knowledge you need to prepare you for the, the, the time, mentally and physically for the times just ahead and spiritually for eternity. If an individual loves you and they say they love you, then I'm willing to say, you know what? Let's have a conversation. How can you be saved? You say, well, I want the next big stock tip. I want the, the next big real estate deal. I blah, blah, blah. Look, I, I'm here to get you to heaven. That's why we sit behind this desk every day. We write all the magazine articles. We do everything else we do. Prophecy conferences, all of our Israel efforts, efforts around the world. I'm trying to get you to heaven. That's my goal. That's what I'm living for. And so a working knowledge of the Bible, that's of utmost importance in the end time. It's biblical illiteracy that would allow someone to believe the false prophet's deceptive messages that Jesus warned about over and over and over and that would allow them to pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and his world governing system. Uh, Again, a great way to increase your Bible knowledge very quickly is to enroll in the online Jerusalem Prophecy College. I know I'm not, you think I'm trying to sell you something. Listen to me. I've got, the Jerusalem Prophecy College will change your life. We've made it just enough really to cover our cost. It's super easy. Um, go to www.jerusalemprophecycollege.com, register, enroll in your first course, boom, you're on your way. I mean, why wait? I'd get started in that today. And, you know, the Bible, a lot of people say, well, let me just cover this real quick before we get done. There are people saying, well, I've heard celebrities. Oh, there's more ways to get to heaven than Jesus. And there's many ways to God. And, you know, and it's what you call God and, and blah, blah, blah. Listen, Jesus is the only way. If you follow the New Testament, if you understand the Bible, Jesus is the only way. Don't ever, don't let anyone tell you differently, ever. Uh, Let me give you a few scriptures. Um, John 14, 6. Jesus said unto him, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Now, that one verse right there, that's as good as it gets, right? Okay, let me give you more. Acts 4, 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Jesus. 1 Timothy 2.5 For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Uh, John 8.24 I told you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. Uh, John 20.28 Thomas called Jesus my Lord and my God. 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17 Therefore if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold, the new has come. John 1, 29. Uh, the, the next day, he said, Jesus come, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He didn't say there are four, five, or six people that could take away the sins of the world. He said, Jesus. Matthew 28, 18. Jesus said unto them, All authority in heaven, all power in heaven and earth is given is been given to me. First uh, Peter two twenty four. He himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree. 
that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed. Who else died for you? Jesus Christ. Nobody else. Revelation 1, 1 through 20. The revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ. That's what the book of Revelation is devoted to. Which God gave Him to show His servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending His angel to His servant John, who bore witness to the Word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that He saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. John said to the seven churches that are in Asia, Grace be to you and peace from Him who is and was and who is to come, from the seven spirits who are before the throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the rulers of the King of the earth, to Him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by His blood. John 4, 4 through 26. He, Jesus, had to go through way of Samaria. I'm not going to have to go through all of this, but the, the um, woman, at the, the Samaritan lady at the well, and she said, hey, when, when the Messiah comes, he will tell us uh, all these things. And Jesus said, he that speaks to you am he. I know there are people that claim that Jesus never claimed to be, be the Messiah. He absolutely did claim to be the Messiah. Jesus knew that if we were going... He told Nicodemus, except a man's born again, he can't enter to see the kingdom of God. The born again plan of salvation, Jesus Christ knew that he would purchase that on Calvary. Folks, Jesus is our ticket out of here. There's no other ticket. And End Time Ministries is devoted to helping you, helping introduce you to Jesus Christ, to preparing you mentally and physically for the times just ahead and spiritually for eternity. My goal on the radio every day is to get you to heaven, is to introduce you to Jesus Christ, to teach you the Word of God so that it can prepare you to spend eternity with Him. If we will have accomplished that, we will have been a smashing success. God bless. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.